Welcome to the Arizona Podcast. On this episode, we went a little different. I had uh, David Lopez on, and uh, he'll be jumping in uh, a lot, which I'm, I'm very excited about. But we talked about uh, church attendance, and we answered the question, why do people think church attendance alone will change their life? And we got into a, a long conversation about that and, and just the reasoning behind it. And the things to look for if you're going to church, and why is it important to go to church? Because obviously, it was this was a podcast, uh, a pro church podcast. So it was it was good to have the conversation. It was good to deviate from sports a little bit because you know this was the the heart behind creating this podcast to have a sports podcast where we talked about other stuff as well so it was good to to get that first conversation in there and uh, i hope to have many more of these uh with church with whatever you know so this was the first one hopefully you enjoy it um this first episode why do people think church attendance alone will change their life everyone and welcome to the arrows up podcast we have a very different podcast today up until this point we've done nothing with sports podcast and when the podcast was first launched the, the idea was to have predominantly sports and if you read the instagram bio i think it says like 95 percent sports five percent everything else and this is the 5%. The 5% is not so much current events, but different things that I like, that I'm passionate about, and that my friends are passionate about, and things that we want to talk about. Um, and one of those things is the faith and church and things like that. So David is here. David Lopez, I should I should uh, add, since we have David Escamilla, who comes on here and talks a lot of boxing. But David Lopez is here, and David and I go way back, and we actually had a YouTube channel a long time ago. And Arrows Up comes up, comes from a Bible study we used to have and that we hosted in in his mom's house in Karahe, a long, long time ago. What was that? Two bedroom apartments. Like yeah. 11. There you go. <laughs> Yikes. That was a long time ago. Um, and then we did like a video version of like a podcast where we would record and we had like outdated systems where we made it work. Um, we didn't have Macs. You had a Mac Mini. You ended up getting a Mac Mini. I had, a, I had an HP laptop. There you go. A Pavilion 2000. Man. <laughs> and we, we we would record once a week. And it was like a whole, like... I remember it took 24 hours <laughs> to load a whole video. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of fun. But we... You can find our stuff on YouTube still. I think it's called... It's Adding to the Noise. Yeah, Adding to the Noise. Um, so we did a bunch of cool stuff. Little budget-friendly intros. Yeah, it was... 
Yeah, it was it was a lot of it was it was a lot of fun. Um, but we want to get back to that and and just have different conversations about from the Christian perspective, and and just also different conversations about different things, uh, um, whether it's shows we're into, uh, movies, whatever you know. But today we wanted to uh, to talk about. Um, a, th- a question that I had been thinking about and I had thought about um, a little while ago and I had been asking people in my life about it. And the question is, uh, why do people think church attendance will change their life? And this came up from just realizing how many people go to church on Sundays, how many people post about going to church on Sundays, and realizing how many people are not affected by that attendance. Like, a lot of people go to church on Sunday. And this Sunday is Easter Sunday. And if... Yeah. And you're going to have a lot of people that are, that go to, are going to go to church on Sunday. But are going to come out unaffected. Their lives will not be any different because they went to church that day. And their life will not reflect whatever it is that they heard and saw a church that day. Now, I want to do a disclaimer. This by no means is an anti-church podcast. You and I both go to church. You and I are involved in church. You and I have been going to church for a really long time. You and I both love the church. So you and I, this by no means is a conversation as to why you shouldn't go to church. Right? Yeah, it's, it's more of a, you're going to go to church, your reasons or your motives should be different than what we're about to talk about. Yes, exactly. So that, that's, that's what I want the disclaimer to be. We, we are going to have this conversation so that people can go to church and understand church attendance is part of your faith, is part of your walk. Yeah. But just because you go to church does not mean you are walking in that walk. Because that, that creates a lot of confusion within the Christian community where people will be like, oh, well, I go to church, or I know somebody that goes to church and they live like a crazy person. And you're like, well, that's, that's... Church attendance doesn't mean anything. And then you say that, and people are like, then why do you go to church? And you're like, because church is the most important thing. And you're like, what? Yeah. How do those two make sense? How is going to church... It makes sense for somebody who's doing it for the right reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's let's start here. How long have you been going to church? It would be crazy if I say I don't know. It's been so long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I mean, I, I was raised in a Christian home. Okay. Thank God for my mom. And, I mean, obviously, my mom has been a believer for years. I mean, my dad is not a believer. Mm-hmm. And I thank God for that peace that has been settled between my parents. Yeah. That I'm able to, that I was able to go to, the, to church. But it was more into my junior year, second half of my junior year in high school. Okay. That I started going to church so yeah. years ago. I don't know how many years I suck at math. So. Okay. So it's probably that where it became my lifestyle was yeah. since junior year high school. So 
So you're what, like 16? 16, 17. You're, I graduated when I was 18, so yeah, like 16, 17. And you're what, 30? 31. 31? 32. Yeah, 31. 30, uh, it was 91. I don't know. See? So 31. Yeah, 31. Um, okay, so yeah, so you've been going 15 plus years to yeah. church. Yeah, I've been going to church fresh. Well, uh, my experience is very similar to yours. I grew up going to church. I didn't start taking it seriously till my freshman year. So I was 2004. I was 13. So almost 20 years. That's crazy. This will be 20 years. Oh, wow. I graduated in 2008. Eight. Yeah, I graduated in 2010. Wow. 20 years. Wow. So, yeah. So, we've been going to church a long time. And and, and uh, one of the things that in my life I can speak to is how important church is. Oh. And how valuable it is. And that... Not for the learning aspect of it only, but for the community, for the understanding that there's people in my life that believe what I believe, one, but more importantly, that are going through different things in their life. Not maybe not similar to me, but in the same time as me. You know, and I think that sometimes in life, especially as you get older and you become, and life becomes even, it feels like as you get older, life becomes more closed off because your circle becomes closer. You get married, you have kids, and you go from like hanging out from, you go from being willing to hang out with everybody to only being able to hang out with like two, three people max. Or sometimes you just think that. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, the only people you end up hanging out with is, like, your kid, your wife, and whoever is able to visit you. Yeah, and sometimes that happens. (laughs) And church is where you're able to serve alongside other people, meet other people, and your bond becomes strengthened, not just with them, but with the Lord. Because you end up realizing, like, man, like, we're all called to this together it is a communal experience that we're all experiencing together and it truly is can be impacting when it is like done correctly yeah right like it, it has to be done correctly and it sounds very uh like like it's a formula kind of and it but it kind of is yeah it is because, like, and I've seen it when, when everybody is just in one mind, one accord, yeah. moving together. Like, it's just, just that's it's beautiful because everybody is, is moving together. Every, yeah. Everything is functioning how it's supposed to, how it was meant to happen, yeah. how it was meant to function. You know, people doing certain things, like... The scriptures describe the church as a body and everybody functions differently mm-hmm. but everybody helps each other out it's what scripture tells us like y'all everybody can have different gifts everybody but it's all to edify each other right so when that happens that's that's just 
yeah, that's what we're, we're saying. Like everything functions as supposed to as a formula, and that's. But it only happens. It only happens. We gotta understand this. It only happens when the people who are attending church are attending church for the right reasons, and it's not because of whatever reason that is contrary to what Scripture says. Mm-hmm. But they're attending. Yeah, and the right reason being the glorification of God. Of course. And I think that's the that's the main reason. I, th- I think whenever you look at church from a consumer standpoint, whenever you think of it, um, I asked um, my friend Joseph, uh, why, do, why does he think people uh, think church attendance alone will change their life? And he, he brought up how there's the, uh, this, uh, this viewpoint of consumerism where you view the church the same way you view uh, the store or a coffee shop. That's, I work at Starbucks, and one of the things they push is, is con- customer engagement because you want the people that go to Starbucks to feel uh, seen and heard, and they, you want them to feel like, wow, like people like me here. So when somebody walks in the door, you say, hey, welcome to Starbucks. And you hand them the drink and, hey, man, like, have a good day. Here's your mocha frap or whatever. And if nobody does that, then, you know, you get surveys and like, oh, well, my experience at Starbucks today was one out of five because nobody said hi to me. And, and that's that was your so experience. Make more of a, yeah, they make it more of a customer. Which makes sense for Starbucks. Yeah, which makes sense why the... The bank teller today told me, "Hi, right, exactly." <laughs> I was like, hey, man, I'm just here to get my money, pay my rent. You know, I don't want to anybody. Exactly. So, but at church, people take that same approach. Yeah. Nobody said hi to me today, so I don't like this church because this church and is there, sir. It's crazy how when people say, "Oh, nobody said hi to me," nobody even like shook my hand or my response to them was like, "Did you go say hi to them?" No. No. Why? Right. Like. But it's crazy how that, just that alone, like, really drives people off the wall. Because mm-hmm. it's like, that literally ruins the whole thing about a church. Like, oh, well, they didn't say hi to me. They didn't, like, I remember one time, um, I went to visit a church. This yeah. is when my angel was, like, going to another church. Yeah. I went to visit them. They told me, oh, why don't you, eh, this is me and my ignorance or baby Christian. But nobody says hi to me. But now that I think I was like, dude, you don't like, like, dude, they're all brothers and sisters in Christ. You should yeah. feel welcome to right. be like, hey, how's it going? Like, you know, connect with somebody else. But it, it is, there is people who really take that, like, hey, dude, the world does not revolve around me. Like, we're here for one sole purpose and one purpose only, and that's yeah. to glorify Christ. And if you're not here for that, then obviously you're going to be here mm-hmm. because you want to boost your ego and... Yeah. Oh, you're there to have your needs met, which isn't bad. But when you only go to church so that your needs are met, then you're not understanding that you're part of a community where in a community, your needs may not always come first. Yeah. Everybody everybody is there for each other. Yeah. 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 It is a community. Yeah, exactly. Um, So... One of the reasons, and we'll go through like different reasons as to why 
we think this and and why we think that people believe that church attendance alone is 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 what will save them or change their life better said um but there's actually people sorry yeah yeah, yeah. There's actually people who think just by going to church, they're Christian. Yeah, they're Christian. Yeah, I mean, it's why we have all these famous people, famous artists saying, "Oh yeah, I go to church." Yeah, but, but reality is like, well, bro, like, like <laughs> so what? Like, so what? Like, you know, but but there's people who actually think that. Like, mm-hmm. There's people who actually think that just because I went to church, I am saved or I found favor with God. Yeah, but but little do we know, and little do people forget that it, it is not about you know this is going into something else. Like this isn't about works so or whether I came to church so now I deserve salvation. Like no, like Scripture tells us that it's, we are saved by faith. Yeah, in what Christ has done. So it, it's so when you go to church, it's not you're not receiving salvation. Like you're receiving the gospel, you will receive the gospel. And then it's, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, for sure, and I, I think that's that's a big part of of where we find ourselves as a society when it comes to church attendance because you, you kind of feel like if I meet these, if I check these check boxes, then therefore I am whatever, and there there is a very clear definition of what a Christian is and isn't. And there's a very clear um, way that a Christian behaves and doesn't behave. And I, and those two things are very clear in the Bible. And you get people who will like kind of blend those and blur those and say, well, I pray. Therefore, I'm spiritual, which is like the, the the popular thing to say. Or I go to church, therefore I'm Christian without understanding well what truly makes you a Christian, which is what you're talking about. And and that is such a key component to this question because the reason why there's so many people that come in and out of churches week in and week out thinking I'm a Christian, my life is gonna be changed is because they don't understand what makes them Christian. Why, what, tomorrow when you wake up, why is it that you woke up a Christian? And it isn't because you rose your hand in a service, you know, years ago. It's because you're in the Lord's hands. Yeah. And that's it. There's, you did nothing in your sleep to help you stay a Christian. Or vice versa, you did nothing in your sleep to take you out of being a Christian. And and that's a big component of this walking with the Lord day in and day out that we have to understand that, that it is so crucial to our walks and, and our viewpoint of, of like church attendance. Yeah, that that that's true. But I think also that um a big part of that is the failure of the pastor or the leader to, to teach that. Oh, thousand percent. Like the reason you get these people, like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, uh, just because I went to church and I made, was made to feel good. Yeah. It's problem of the leadership. Yeah, the pastor's not teaching the Bible. Yeah, like, and as a pastor, if you're listening to this, 
your sole responsibility, your obligation to the Lord is to teach scripture. Yeah. The truth, everything. Yeah. Everything in between from Genesis mm-hmm. to Revelation. You teach scripture no matter what. No matter how people take it, no matter how people want, like no matter how big your church is, yeah, how small your church is. Earlier where German and I were talking, it doesn't matter if your church is eight people or eighty people mm-hmm. or eight hundred people, yeah. maybe eight thousand. The truth never changes. And this should be the same for any kind of number of attendance. Yeah. So I think a big problem is the, the, the leadership and the pastoral teaching is not taken seriously as well. Yeah. Let, let's start there then. Um, we'll start at the top because you're right. I think it's what the failure is. Let's start at the top. And it starts at the top because pastors want big churches. Yeah. And there's no... The, the, <laughs> any pastor that tells you that they prefer to pastor a small church than a big church is a liar. Is a liar. No, it's a... <laughs> myself included. And you've heard me teach. I've never said that. I have never... I've said the opposite. I've said the opposite. I've said, like, anybody would love to teach to more people. Anybody. It's why whenever you teach through Acts and you read that the Lord brought 300 people and saved 300 people one day or 5,000 people one day, that would, if that were to happen at any church in anywhere in the world, especially here in America, there would be pictures of that conversion all over the place all over the place but we're talking about genuine yeah 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 like, for sure for sure none of you are like oh today's attendance <laughs> for sure had, yeah uh, this crusade we had these many <laughs> confessions of faith okay well out of that many people how many are still to yeah. this day you know yeah with no for sure but I, so I think that's a huge part of it I think uh the reason why pastors don't teach the full word of God is because it is much easier to teach these um, little sermons of topics. Yeah, because it's a lot easier to talk about, um, I don't know, family, love, uh, whatever, kids, whatever. Whatever topic. Yeah, even even some of the more um, godly sounding ones, like we're going to talk about this month about prayer. We're going to talk this month about um, grace. Even those are very watered down because you, the reason you do topics is because you're stripping all the doctrine away from it. Because if you're teaching through a book of the Bible, you're going to hit these topics over and over and over and over and over again because that whole book is a theme. Yeah, I actually, it's crazy that you brought that up because one time I had a conversation with a pastor. Mm-hmm. He was doing topics yeah. or, or series. Mm-hmm. And when I first met him, he was doing on midweek service a book. Okay. Sunday service, a book. Yeah. Then out of nowhere, on the Sunday, he kept Tuesday midweek service out of, on a book, but Sunday service turned to topics. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 
I remember talking to him once and telling him what, what happened. Oh, the congregation wanted. Yeah. He said it was too much. Too much. Too much. Uh, too much <laughs> I was going to say too much scripture, but it right. really was. Yes. According to them. Exactly. And then years later, I talked to him and I tell him the same thing. Like, like this topic thing ain't working. Yeah. Like, I, I was straight up like, my wife and I struggle to understand or, or apply what, what you're teaching. Like, it's very hard to to learn from that. Mm. Like, it, it's become very hard to learn from mm-hmm. that. Oh, this is not just for you. This is for... Cause like, I understand that. Wouldn't it be better just give them doctrine, like, actual... Um, and, I was, and I told them, like, you know, I believe that if you read a book... Go verse by verse, chapter by chapter, mm-hmm. book by book. Yeah. You're gonna hit those topics, right? And I think in a more profound way as as well. Not not only that, but I told them instead of like searching for these topics, yeah. like you read the book, you study the book, the book will give you the topics. Yeah. And then he was like, "Oh, that's what I thought of that. I will try that." Ask me how many times he's. What book is he teaching through? Yeah, he's not teaching through a book. Um, yeah, look, I think it's 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 such a it's a sad thing, but it's also the fastest way to build the church is to teach topics because that's easier on the years, yeah. much easier. For sure, yeah, yeah, for sure, but. It's the matter. The modern pastor teaches in series because it's also less work. Yeah, much less work because if you're teaching through the book of whatever, you're gonna have to study that book verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and understand every single part of that book. And understand it to the point where you are able to explain it to somebody else. And like Sundays, I'm, I'm going through Mark. And it's also very long. It's a very long process. I've been in Mark for a long time. We got two more chapters left. No, a chapter and a half. So, so, but Mark is such a, a good book. And you're you're truly able to get the themes of the book of Mark when you teach it, book verse by verse. And it is longer, it is harder, it is more tougher because you do find yourself teaching on things you don't always want to teach. You do find yourself giving doctrine you don't always want to give because the truth about teaching the Bible is that the Bible hits you first as a teacher. And when you're doing topics, well, topics are very easy to manipulate because say I'm doing a topic on marriage, I can easily manipulate that to say what I want and not what it should say. So if I'm doing a topic on marriage and I know that I'm not 
leading my wife the way I should lead her. Well, guess what I'm going to talk about? Wives submit to your husbands. Why should wives submit to your husbands? And that's your whole sermon. That's your whole series. Why? Because you don't want to talk about the sacrificial love you as a husband need to have. And you don't want to talk about how if you are offending your wife, then your prayer life is hindered, the, the Bible says. Oh, yeah. And all those things you don't hit in that series on marriage. Why? Because, well, it's not convenient for you to be go through it. But if you're going through the book, well, you're getting hit on all sense, and you're going through that same sanctification process that the church is going through, and that in itself creates... A, such a great church culture because the pastor's being convicted, the pastor's being taught, the pastor's being instructed in the word, but guess what? So are the people. So that when you look at the growth of the church, um, not in terms of numbers, but in terms of like faith and knowledge of the word and application, you're able to see not only has the church grown, but you're able to be like, man, the pastor has grown too because the pastor used to be like this and now he's like this. Man, the Bible has taught him some stuff. And man, when he first started Mark, he was like this, and now he's like this. And and all of that is a mark of the sanctification process that we're all in or we should all be in. Yeah. And when you strip the Bible away and take away the Bible, then you totally miss that up. And you and, and you lose out on the sanctification process. Of, uh, of 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 your faith, of your walk. And church becomes a very weak place. And church becomes just another social gathering. That's all that's all it becomes without the 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 glorification of the Lord at the center of it and without um the the exaltation of God at the center of it. It just becomes a normal social gathering. And it's just really sad. It's a yeah. really sad affair. Yeah. And everybody loses at that point. Yeah. Because the pastor doesn't grow. He's mm-hmm. not teachable. Yeah. It, it can get to that point where the pastor just becomes so arrogant and non-teachable. And then what is then he going to teach the congregation? Yeah. If he's non-teachable. So now he's going to start with his own ideas, with his own teachings. And that's why you get topical, you get lazy pastors that don't care. Yeah. Um, or maybe you get pastors that have been there so long that it's just, they've just given up. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, you know what, time to give it to somebody else. Or, mm. you know, or like, hey, what is happening? Um, you kind of check themselves or they probably don't even have an accountability team or something. Yeah. So it, it can get to to this place where, like, people start questioning their pastoral. And it's like, well, what are you doing? Like, you need help. Like, yeah. you know, or it's, dude, it's just time to hang up your coat and that's it. Pass yeah. the baton to somebody else. And, you know, time for you to receive. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it and it's so that's one component of it. the The reason why people think that church attendance alone will save, will change their life, is the pastor's teaching it that way, and the pastor's like, "Well, you know, just keep coming to church, 
And you'll see the Lord will do something. Just keep coming to church without instilling in them, well, you got to read your Bible every day. You got to... You you got to read it. You got to read your Bible. You got to be in your Bible. You got to, like, what should you believe? What the Bible says? What should you think? The Bible tells you that. What should you believe of whatever topic? The Bible tells you that. And instead, it creates a culture of come to church, and I'll tell you what to think. I'll tell you what to say. I'll tell you what to do. And instead of creating disciples and creating um, Christians, you're creating um Churchgoers that are just regurgitating what the pastor's saying without checking it in the scriptures, without checking to see how true this is, without checking to see if it it checks out. And that's another crazy And it's danger. It's dangerous. It's dangerous because at that point, the pastor can start thinking they have authority over the church. Mm. And that's another aspect where, I mean, we can get into something else where it's like, oh, you know, I'm scared of they're gonna tell me something. Or right. I'm scared of this, but you know, it's that can happen too, mm-hmm. where they think they have authority over the sheep. Yeah. From aside from the authority that has been given to them, scripture. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, and and it and it becomes super important then for us to evaluate the churches we're at. Where am I at church? What is being taught from the pulpit? How often am I reading from the Bible in the pulpit? Uh, at least from the pew. How often is he, is the pastor telling me to turn to my Bible? Um, what are his examples about? Just, just for your information, if he doesn't tell you once, yeah, yeah, run. <laughs> um, and all these things are are things that we should evaluate and evaluate. The pastor in the church, and that's it. That not evaluate because you know people leave for dumb reasons. Churches all the time. Um, there's no air conditioning, or the children's <laughs> ministry sucks, or whatever. You know the 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 the, 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 the you know the, the music is too loud or it's too low or, or yeah whatever. <laughs> um, and those are all dumb reasons to leave a church. But if you're in a church and they don't teach the Bible. And you realize, like, man, I've never... I was I was sharing this story on Tuesday night at church of this guy that... In the, the church I grew up in, there was this guy who was serving at church. He was he had a Bible study. He was teaching a Bible study. And I was talking to him one time. And I was telling him how I was reading in, in John and how repentant, the, the doctrine of repentance really like stuck out to me and I was exp- like just explaining to him and he was like what do you mean repentance what and I was like you know like repent like you know like and, and, I, and I pretty much shared the gospel to him and he was like what he's like man I've never heard that before and I laughed thinking like that's you know haha funny like okay and he, I'm like, what do you mean? You've never heard that before. He's like, yeah, I've, like, no one's ever told me what you just told me before. Yeah. And I'm like, no one's ever told you that Jesus died for your sins, and if you repent, 
you will be saved and he regenerates your heart like you are a new creation and therefore there's no like condemnation and you have power over sin and sin no longer has dominion over you he's like yeah no one has ever told me that before i didn't know that no like you are teaching a bible study and you don't know the gospel like the gospel like not we're not talking about him not knowing what the theophany of Christ means him not knowing him not having an eschatological viewpoint we're not talking about him not having a clear grasp on the doctrine of of angels and the doctrine of hell we're talking about a guy who had never heard the gospel and he was going to church for a few years and he was teaching a bible study that made me think like what is this church doing what kind of church like if you have gone to church for four years scratch that if you go to church one day one day one service and you don't hear the gospel that's enough evidence <laughs> leave that's it you you don't need anything else and if you're new and you don't grasp it or you like ask somebody in the yeah and if you're like what is the gospel the gospel is Jesus died for your sins and if you repent and he re- re- res- he died and he resurrected for your sins and if you repent and believe if you confess that he is Lord, you will be safe. That is the gospel. Yeah. In a nutshell. There's you know more to it, but that is in a nutshell the gospel of Jesus Christ. And through him and through him alone, there is salvation. If you go to a church service and they don't say that at any point, if the pastor or the preacher doesn't say that, you are not in a biblical church. I don't care what songs they sing. I don't care what the church looks like. I don't care about any of that. I don't care how big the pastor's Bible is. If he doesn't share the gospel, that's not a biblical church. Because it is impossible to be a biblical preacher and not share the gospel every single time you talk about the Bible. Yeah, it's impossible. Impossible. Yeah impossible no way it can't be done it shouldn't be done and that story always impacts me because i'm like bro like this guy thought he was like on his way to heaven and there is people i mean that's the second yeah 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 yeah. like there is people who genuinely think that like there is people who oh yeah just going to church and they do service to the church because I, I I've seen people like that. Yeah. I've I've met people like that, and I right. even heard of people like wanting to serve and like they're not you're not a believer, dude. Like yeah, like it's like yeah, I get it. Your heart is in the wanting to serve, yeah. which would be great if you were a believer. Like, right. You know, but if you fail to grasp the gospel, mm-hmm. you don't know the gospel, and you're serving. And you need to kind of check yourself on that yeah. one. And kind of just well, repent. Yeah. You know, that's what you got to do, repent and 
Yeah, exactly. So that's so that's one layer, one reason why. I think the second reason, right under that, because I think it, it, it's kind of attached to it, is people aren't being discipled, which is connects to the like pastoral thing. People aren't being taught. People aren't being trained. People aren't being. They're not being. It's not being explained to them. The purpose of church, because church is very important, but it's very important when it's when it's joined. Bible reading, Bible application, prayer, community. Church attendance alone gets you friends. That's it. But church attendance alone doesn't teach you about God. Doesn't teach you about the Holy Spirit. Doesn't teach you about the power of the Lord. Doesn't teach you about worship. Doesn't teach you about exaltation. Church attendance alone only gets you friendships. And the reason why I say that is because when you go to church, but you're not reading your Bible at home, there's a huge disconnect because when you're reading your Bible at home and you're just studying it and you're chewing on it and you're, you're meditating on the word of God and you then go to church, you show up with a huge reason to worship. You show up willing to worship. You show up with a heart to worship. Because you begin to to want to worship the Lord because of what you've been going through throughout the week in the book. You have a higher chance of wanting to connect with other Christians because you've just been reading about the Bible and what the Bible talks about community and loving people and being with other people. That all those things just enhance your church experience. But if you go to church and you're not reading your scriptures, you're not praying throughout the week, well, yeah, going to church is going to be a drag. Going to church is going to be the worst part of your week because, well, why wouldn't it be? It's a Sunday. You want to rest. You want to do anything else but wake up and get dressed to go somewhere. But when you've been reading, you've been searching the scriptures, praying, you show up, you get up on Sundays ready for the community because you know, like, man, I've been created for this. Yeah. And, and, and all of that is, is a failure in discipleship because in discipleship, you learn that. And whether it's done one-on-one, which I think that's how it should be done, or it's done in a community. Hey, let's all hang out. Hey, let's all gather together and let's have these godly conversations and let's let's pick each other's brains and hey, what do you think of X thing? And what do you think of the this thing? Hey, let's go to Starbucks or everybody come to my house or whatever. And all those things create an environment where you're discipling people one on one. Yeah, like Failure to teach, uh, yeah. failure to have discipleship in the community one on one. 
creates people. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say believers. Yeah. But it creates people that don't want anything to do with God. Yeah. It creates people who just make it a routine out of mm-hmm. obligation to right. something or to someone. Yeah. That, oh, I'm just here, you know, just here, like, like some of those athletics and say, I'm just here, so I want to get fired. Right. You know, so it's like the failure to do these things mm-hmm. creates, you know, people that don't want nothing. You know, I had, a, you know, my wife had a conversation Somebody and I was there. I was putting stuff away, and that just happened. The conversation was right next to me. Mm-hmm. And my wife was talking to somebody, and she's like, "Yo, I, you know, I don't agree with what you were doing, blah blah blah." And then this person, I was like, "You know, just trying to give them like you're yeah. sin, you're doing right. this, you're doing this wrong. Like you shouldn't be doing this. This should be found in a Christian manner, quote unquote, right? Or a Christian person." Yeah. But the response was, I don't want anything to do from that. The, the person was like, oh, I'm depressed, I'm depressed. You might, this person goes to church. Yeah. You know, one would say, oh, he's a believer, but, oh, I'm depressed. My wife's like, you need God, you need Christ. Yeah. You know, his response, the response was, no, I need to travel more. <laughs> or when people would come over right. to the house. Traveling is fun, though. I'm sure it is. I, I prefer to stay home. You know? but, but the thing is, or at least travel with a plan of what you're going to do and not just like, yeah, hey, I'm just going to go. Of course. What happens. Right. You know, because if, if we're, what we're going to go do outside is what I'm going to do inside my house, I'll just rather stay inside my house. Yeah. You know, but like it's happened where people come to my house over to her apartment and my wife, my wife's just like, she doesn't care who you are. Yeah. She will like, give you the gospel straight out she, if you're a believer she will like uh, everything that comes out of her with other believers is just Christ yeah everything Christ and, you know, I read this in scripture and, and that's you know I love that because she keeps me on track too yeah you know but but when when that, when that was happening the person's reaction the person's response was like you want to kick me out of your house right mm. Like, the, the response was not like, you know what, you're right, I need to start doing this, you know what, I need to repent for this. Right. No, no, no. The response was, you really want to kick me out, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you by talking, basically, he's like, I'm going to leave if you continue talking about this. Yeah. You know, I don't want anything to do with Christ. Right. Let me just vent, pretty yeah. much. So, what yeah. happens is, the failure to do discipleship, the failure to teach people scripture, mm-hmm. the failure to do these things... One on one is you create those people, mm-hmm. and and getting rid of those people is really hard. Yeah, because now these people have infiltrated the ministry, the servant ministry, mm-hmm. whether it be children's ministry, whether it be youth ministry, whether it be worship, and it's like you've and then I mean that can be a different thing. People go to church because they just want to play in the worship team. Yeah, or they want a performance type of deal, but. That's what happens. You you get these people, you create these people for the failure to teach them doctrine. Yeah, and and that I think is a big reason why people believe that. Believe, well, I'm gonna go to church and my marriage will get will get better. I'm gonna go to church and my kids are gonna start behaving. I'm gonna go to church and I'm not gonna have 
the desire to sleep around or I'm not going to have the desire to drink. Or I'm going to go to church and I'm going to stop saying bad words. I'm going to go to church and I'm going to stop being so angry. I'm going to go to church and I'm going to forgive, you know, this person for what they did to me. And you find out, like, none of that has happened. My marriage is still terrible. My kids are still misbehaving. Um, I still feel depressed. I still have anxiety. Church attendance has done nothing to change me. Why? I thought if I came here, good things would happen to me because I came here. And it's because people aren't being taught, hey, like, you are saved from your sin, not your situation. And I think that's a huge component of it. The gospel is that come to the Lord and he will change your situation. It's come to the Lord and he will rescue you from condemnation of sin, damnation of sin. There isn't a like, hey, come to church and your rocky marriage will no be longer rocky. It's come to church and the Lord will restore your heart, restore your mind, give you joy, give you peace. And guess what? That may create even more problems at home. But the Lord will guide you and guard you through all that. Yeah. It's like he makes all things work together. Yeah. And that's and that all of that I think is a huge reason why people think that because nobody's teaching them well wait a minute the lord never promised you that the lord promised to save you of your sin and it's why i think you get these mothers who like will go to church and think like well i came to church my husband has to come to church right my husband is gonna be saved I just said it in the beginning. Yeah. My, my mom's a believer. Yeah. My dad is not. My, my kids are going to be Christian. And it's like, well, they're, no. They, I mean, they, they have a higher chance now because they have somebody close to them who can give them the gospel. But there is no guarantee of that. But again, what helps say, somebody stay at church? Well, you feed them lies. Man, you come to church and you'll see how the Lord will work wonders in your life. It's, it's crazy. And it's like, well, that's what the pastor wants you to think. Because guess what? He doesn't want you to leave. It's crazy because one time, recently, we were at service. And, uh, you know, my, my dad's not a believer. Yeah. My mom has been praying for years. And it's, we've been praying for my dad's salvation, too. Like, yeah. And my, my dad would just randomly show up. To church. Randomly show up to church. Yeah. Yeah. And when this few few Sundays ago, he showed up. Yeah. Like, everybody got happy. My sister got happy. And, you know, my wife, too, and other people in the church. And I was just, like, oblivious to the whole situation. I was like, what's happening? Why are you Mm -hmm. guys going crazy? But it was, uh, oh, well, my dad showed up. And that's yeah. fine. But to me, that means just nothing. Mm. Unless, you know, I see genuine repentance. Right. Because my sister and I went, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't Well, he's not saved. Yeah. Like, like, it sounds harsh, but it's, it's the reality. Right. Like, and I had to remind my sister, like, hey, like, it's cool, he can come. It's fine. I'm not saying don't come. Yeah. But it's, 
we gotta keep in mind he is not saved. Right. We still gotta keep praying. We still gotta keep praying. Like, yeah. The day he, we we witness the day we know for a fact that he yeah. is saved and we see that fruit. Rejoice. Rejoice. Yeah. All that you are, and then it's that that'll be. You know, maybe I he'll do it. I don't know. You know, yeah. later down the line, maybe next week. Who knows? But it's like I. To my sister, like, you, you can't, you can't just focus on that. He came, oh, he came mm. to church. My mom has been praying. Like, no, that my mom has not been praying for him to come to church. My mom <laughs> has been praying for his salvation. Like, like, like no, you, you can't, you can't do that. Like, you know, my, yeah. my dad is, he's, he's a very, uh, I mean, at least he was, very hardcore Catholic. And the beauty, beauty of that is that, because my mom's a believer, and I mean, just probably like ten percent, five percent of the family, my siblings. Yeah. And my mom, just my sister and I, and my mom, they're believers. Everybody else went to church. Yeah. They're not at church anymore. Right. You know, they say they believe in God, but they're not in church. Right. So, but the, the beauty of what happens there is, like you said, like they they they, they know because of their spouse. They will know because of their partner, and it's like. Um, my dad in the my mom tells me my dad in the beginning would have a problem with it. Mm. In the beginning would have a problem, and then you know, like every Catholic person, every Catholic right. would want to have their Virgin Mary. They want to have, of course. And my dad at some point had them. My dad at some point had them, but from what I remember, it's I only saw it once. My mom hid it without her knowing. Yeah. My dad knowing. After that, my mom got rid of it. And after that, I never seen my dad. Never. Yeah. Never, like... Ask for it or anything. Ask for it or, like, host and, like, have something <laughs> hanging on the wall yeah. or dedicating a little right. section. Like, no. My, my dad is always, you know, and I thank God for that because um, my parents are able to live going to 50 years, almost 50 years of marriage and knowing God. that... My mom's a believer. Yeah. My dad is. It's just evidence of what Paul teaches. Like, you can still be married, and mm. you know, if your partner or yeah. your husband or your wife decide to stay with you, stick it out. Yeah. You know, but through that, you can, you know, share the gospel too. Right. And my mom always does. My mom always like, gives them the gospel. Like, I'll go to church and go to this. Hey, you know, David is gonna do this. Go go to church and like, hey, we're gonna go do this at church. My mom invites him. My yeah. mom invites him, but all with the purpose of like, get saved. Yes. Get saved. So, yeah, it's you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Into this. Yeah. No. And, and I think that's 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 a part of the conversation because we talk about these things and we talk about the the unity that exists or needs to exist between believers and the harmony that needs to exist. But that harmony is only attainable through knowledge, understanding, through knowing. Yeah. There's no, uh, and and I think that's what some people get hung up on. We're like, wow, well, why does it have to be all about knowledge? Well, because the only way you're gonna know how to be a Christian is to learn. It, it's like being married. The only way you're gonna learn how to love your spouse better. It's not by buying more flowers and more chocolates. 
is yeah getting to know them more the more knowledge you have of your spouse the better spouse it should make you it should you should be better at being a loving spouse to your spouse after thing. talking after <laughs> like knowledge you know it's all knowledge based yeah, yeah, notes, and for us as christians is the same thing the only way you're gonna become a better christian is by growing and it's what second peter 318 says growing in the knowledge and grace of our lord and savior jesus christ yeah. and if you're growing in the knowledge you're growing in the grace guess what you're growing in how to be a better christian exactly and so it, it's all this uh, this this thing and and it's this whole question to me circles around lack of knowledge. Why do people think that? Well, because they don't know. Yeah. They don't know. Why, why, aren't they, why don't they know? Because nobody's told them. And if somebody has told them, then they refuse to know. And, 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 just, and that's where I think both people are to blame. The pastor is to blame who doesn't teach and isn't faithful to the word. But also the person is, is to blame because you have the scriptures you can look it up you can if you're being scammed by somebody yeah the person who scammed you is wrong but you're wrong too for not doing a little research and not researching hey is this legit or not and that's what you have a lot in these churches where they're getting scammed but the person isn't doing the research to to verify whether the scam is 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 happening it's it's like what they did to paul where they knew he was a Pharisee. Right. Like, they knew he was persecuting Christians. Yeah. The moment they found out he was a believer, like, oh, let's see what's Yeah, they weren't just like, all right, cool, bring him in. Like, no. Yeah, they, these guys were like, at all aspects, <laughs> like, okay, all right, you're saying this, let's see what scripture says. Yeah. Like, they were just bagging it up with scripture. And, and, and if somebody scams you once or they fool you once, like, shame on them. Yeah. But if you continue to stay there, it's like, it's, you're like a you know, a dog who returns back to his mom. Yeah. Like, you can't just continue to go back there. Yeah. When you continue to go back there, it's because you like living in your own film. Right. So, it's, you know, it's true. You blame the pastor, the leadership, for not teaching accurately, for not teaching the whole scripture, for not teaching the truth. The lack of teaching the truth gets you lethargic people, gets you people who want nothing, gets you people who are self-centered yeah. and just think that by going to church it's all about them. And then you get, like, you get people who just sink in their own sin. Right. Like, yeah, and, and, I, and that, I think all of it comes from this idea that people want it easy. Yeah. And they want to f- they want to find something that makes them feel better. Yeah. And they, they want to find, they don't want to find the true solution and the true meaning of Christianity, but they just want something fast. And, and one of the responses on Instagram, because I had put it on Instagram, um, one of the responses uh, from Janice, so shout out to her for responding. Uh, and she said, because we are always in search of the thing that will make us feel quote unquote better, even if it's momentary, moment, momentary. And it's true. One of the things that people look for is the quick fix. If I go to this ser- church service for an hour, hour and a half, it should fix me. Or my demons will come. Yeah, yeah. All these things. This is a very quick fix, 
and it's, it's going to fix me one hour a week, an hour and a half a week. It's going to fix me. It's going to, and it's no, the walk with the Lord is every day. You, you carry your cross every day. You die to self every day. And it is a constant walking with the Lord day in and day out that will produce in you the life of a Christian that will guide you through the, this, these moments of sanctification and that will allow you to understand church attendance is vital and it is crucial, but it isn't what changes your life. Yep. And, and, and that's a huge point where people assume it's just the attendance because they want easy fix. And that, I think, leads to this cheapening of grace. Grace has been made cheap, and people think, oh, well, grace is, is something you don't deserve, so I don't deserve God's love, and he gives it to me. I have grace. That's not grace. Grace is far more than a gift you don't deserve. Is a gift you get instead of punishment. That's yeah. what grace is. Grace isn't like, oh, I showed up to to the place and I wasn't expecting a gift and they gave me a gift. Can you believe that? That's grace. No, grace is you show up to a place, you burn down the house, you burn it all the way down. It is your fault. You did it on purpose. And the person, not only instead of you being charged with arson, the person says, no, I'll take the blame for you. I'll go to jail for you. And guess what? Here's a million dollars. Rebuild the house. It is yours. That's grace. Because that's that's what it is. It, it is. We were dead in our sins. We were we were we needed to we needed to pay for our sins. And we yeah, we yeah, we were depraved. We were we needed to burn in hell. Yeah. And Jesus not only comes and says, no, 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 they don't have to. He comes, he dies, he takes our punishment. The wrath of God gets poured on him. He dies, he resurrects, and then he gives us eternal life. It it wasn't a, we were just hanging out, all of a sudden he's like, hey, do you want to go to heaven? Oh, yeah, dude, I'll go to heaven. (laughs) And people, people like, have, <laughs> yeah, and people have made it cheap, and I think that's another reason why people think, well, if I go to church, it's going to change my life, because grace has been made to be this whatever thing. I don't have to recognize anything. I don't have to do anything, and it's why you get a lot of people that walk around thinking, I'm a really good person, with or without church. I'm a really good person, without realizing the state of your heart is dead. You're you're dead without Christ. Yeah, life is good before the Lord. And, and and I think that is the that's such a that that's part of the the conversation. Once you get to like the pastors and 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 you get to like the lack of teaching, it is from the standpoint of the person who thinks that they have cheapened grace. And another point is they have also there is no love for the church. Because when you don't love the church, then you don't understand. And I'm not talking about the building. When you don't love the people in the church, you don't understand the responsibility you have to them. Yeah, well, one thing one thing I do remember having discipleship with you was we go to Timothy. Mm. 
and you're telling me like the more you follow follow Christ, the more you follow the Lord, the more love He's gonna give you for His people. Yes, thousand percent. That, like the more He's gonna surround you with people. Yes. And and one thing I, I do uh, remember is that, and uh, that's one thing I it's like no like. I love the church. I know German for a fact loves the church. But I've come across people who mm. say they're believers and I have to remind them to <laughs> love the church. Yeah. Like part of being a believer is you love the church. Mm. Not the building, but the people. Yeah. It does not matter what they do to mm. you, to hurt you, but you love them. You forgive them because yeah. you love them. Right. Like, and you have no idea how much pushback I've gotten from that because it's like, no, but what they like? No, like, dude, you have to love it. Right. Part of a mature believer, part of being a follower of Christ, you are to love your brothers yeah. and sisters, regardless. Mm-hmm. You are to give them that unconditional love as well, because you received it, so you are to give it. No. Because the more you follow Christ, the more you read Scripture, the more you you build upon this relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Amen. This relationship with other people. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's a huge component of it. It's a huge component of, of the walk with God because there is no there is no walking with God without people. Mm-hmm. The people that say, oh, well, everything I do, I do for God. Well, what does that mean? Or I serve God. I don't serve people. I serve God. But what does that mean? How do you serve God? By serving people you don't, you don't serve God directly You serve God through his people And if you're not able to love his people If you're not able to understand Church attendance isn't about you And you're not the fo- main focus of church It is the people Then you're not understanding Why you're there And it's because you have cheapened The grace And you don't love the church And it's why you get this culture Where we live in now where people like jump from church to church or there's this like the visitation of like all these churches. I belong to this church, but I visit like every single damn church. And it's like, well, wait a minute. What, what, where are Where do you belong? Where are you rooted? Because if I like belong to this home, but every single night of the week, I'm in a different home. Because I always, because that home has a cool. Exactly, yeah. Like you have a home here, sir. (laughs) But it's it's this like understanding this idea that we have to come to understand the church in general. We're brothers and sisters, so the church in Bell Gardens, Downey, wherever. Name the city, name the country, name the state. There are brothers and sisters, no doubt. We're one church, one one God, one body, boom. But we do belong to one specific body. And I do believe the that whenever we've opened up this idea of like church visitation, and I'm doing it, in quotations, it has ruined that because you now become somebody that 
is constantly in a comparison mode. Because you're now, instead of loving your church, instead of growing your church, instead of helping develop your church, you're saying, well, this other church doesn't have that problem. I like that church. Granted, you don't belong to that church. Your home church is this one over here. This church has the problem of X, Y, and Z. This church doesn't. I love it. Okay, well, why don't you help that church, like, not have that problem? Yeah. It's like if I look around my home right now, and I'm like, you know what? I just, this house, the, the, the walls are not wide enough, man. And the and the how and you know this other house, those 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 houses you know the walls are white. That's not a that's if that bothers me so much. Well, let me paint the house here, so because this is my home. Yeah, yeah makes sense. And not to say that I can't appreciate another home. Not to say that I can't like go visit my friend in another home, but I belong to a home. And when you're a Christian, you belong to a body. You belong to a local church to grow with them, to love them, to instruct them, to be built by them, to be instructed by them, to be corrected by them, for you to correct them. Not for you to say, well, right now I'm going to go hang out with this other group in this other home. And that has built this idea where people are not being rooted. And that's why people will think, what church would change my life? Because look at all my Christian friends that I have. Well, your conduct is still the same. You're you're still very, like, hardened in your heart. Your mind is still poisonous. You still doubt. You still are not filled with joy. You still, like, nothing has changed in you. The only difference is you go to four different churches. Good for you. You, you know people in four different churches. How are you different? And I think that's a different... That's another component to that question. No, four people from your church. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, why don't you hang out with, the four, with four people from your church and, like, connect them and, and grow with them because that will produce just the culture you want. I, I'm a huge believer in... In building the culture you want to see. If your church doesn't have something you want, then add it. As Christians, we are called to, to, to bring that culture. And if in your church, and this is all like assuming you're going to a church where the Bible's being taught, the pastor's, you know, teaching the Bible, the whole thing. If in your church, for example, there's not a children's ministry and there's like two, three kids or more kids than that, then start the children's ministry. Obviously, there's not. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, if you have that like... There must be... Yeah, like there, you, you have that like... Because if I were to go to a church and I were to see like six little kids, I'd be like, oh, like there's kids, but I would not be like, oh, I, I, I'm going to teach these little kids. No, sir. Just volunteer to no. take care of them? No, no, <laughs> Not going to do that. But if you feel like, man, I wish these kids had a class. Man, I wish, like, man, this other church has children's ministry. 
then create that culture in your in your church. If in your church there is not a culture of hanging out, then create that culture. Begin to invite people to your house. Hey, come over. What, what are you doing today? Come over today after church. Let's hang out. Because all of a sudden you'll begin to create within your church the culture you want. And that's the beauty of like growing in a church. And that's where lives are transformed because all of a sudden the church is able to to have all these different wrinkles in it because the body is alive. Everybody's living. Everybody's growing. Everybody's seeking the Lord. And man, the young people get together and they're so crazy. They stay up to 2 a.m. reading the Bible. Dang, that's crazy. But guess what? That's the culture that they created and that is awesome. Like also creating like you're saying like you, you, you don't see that brotherhood or you don't see that community you created yeah not only is that good but that also allows the, the whole of when you exhort somebody when you correct mm-hmm. somebody that allows it to be a not that it's not going to be smooth it's easier it's easier yeah because if you're not if you don't have that culture established you don't have that in your church and you like you see something going on it's like hey mm-hmm. what you're doing is wrong and according to scripture that is sin they're gonna be like oh you're judging me you're nobody to judge me yeah. and you get to that point but if it's a different thing and I speak about it from experience because German has done it to me it's like hey this is sin dude yeah. there's sin in the cap you can't allow this and never have I taken it like, oh, this dude hates me. This guy's like, right. no. But it, it, I understand that it comes from a place of like, first of all, he loves the Lord, and he cares for his fellow brother and sister. Mm-hmm. And he's willing, right? To like, if it goes down to roll with the punches, he's gonna roll with the punches, but because he loves the body, so it, it creates a, an easier and it creates a healthier. Yeah, brotherhood, sisterhood, and community. Yeah, and and I think that's that's a big part of of fixing this idea because I think church should be a place where you your life is changed, your life is transformed because of church, but not just because of church, but because of everything else. In your life, it's it's you know it's it's like the balance of like losing weight. You don't lose weight just because you eat salads. You know you got to exercise. And if you just, or if I, if you're only exercising but you're eating burgers, what chances are you're not going to see the result you want to see? Going to the having a gym membership doesn't. Make you yeah, it just doesn't. <laughs> and in the same way, going to church doesn't make you a Christian. It just it helps. You have the higher chance of being healthy, Christian. You have a higher chance of being a healthy person if you go to the gym. But that, but there's other steps you're taking that you have to take. Just because you lift weights doesn't mean you're going to get super strong. Because you got to know how to lift weights. You got to know the proper technique. You got to know what, what the late weight limit is and how to get... Like, there's so many things that go into it. And church is one of those things that whenever... I hear people like, oh, man, he's a Christian. How do you know? Oh, they go to church. I cringe because I'm like, wow, but like, 
you know how easy that is? Like, that doesn't mean anything if that's the only way you're judging. Or, or it's like that. Hey, dude, how's your walk? Oh, you know what? I think so. Yeah, like, nah, dude, I'm asking how's your walk. Not what you've been doing at church. And that's a huge thing. That's a huge red flag, too. Whenever you ask somebody how their walk is and immediately they want to tell you about what their service is and you're like well that's not that's not the question and and I think it, it has to, it, it all goes back to lack of knowledge yeah yeah it does it goes back to what are you being taught and when you're being taught the word when you're being taught sound doctrine then you will receive from the Lord an understanding of what he's doing in you and when you get that understanding, you will grow. With the understanding, the Lord is has called me, not just for me, but for the well-being of everyone in this church. And it becomes a community of people that walk together, that grow together, and persevere together, quite frankly. Yeah. Asking for help or asking for prayer does not become a demeaning thing. Because mm. a lot of people do that. Like yeah. recently, somebody reached out to me. Right. And they were just telling me, like, hey, uh, have you ever felt mm. that you're not doing enough? Right. I was like, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I felt that many times. Yeah. That I'm not doing enough for my family. But I cling and I cry out to the Lord. For help, and in that I find my strength. Do enough in what sense? Like, um, do enough, like uh, spiritually, financially, like provide. Oh, I see. For your household. For your household. Gotcha. So I totally, dude, I felt that. Yeah. I and and I believe that whoever says they get it all together, they don't have it all together <laughs> because because he told me, oh, I see people with their families that are. It's like, nah, dude, that's all a lie. They're just trying to like. But you cling on to the Lord. And, and, and it allows you. And, I, and he's like, yeah, but sometimes it's, it's very hard to ask for help. If we're, it's like, dude, no. No, there, there is no shame in, 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 in coming to somebody for advice and coming to somebody for right. help. You know, if we are believers and we are a body of Christ, we are there for each other thick and thin. Mm-hmm. We are there when somebody graduates. We are there when somebody gets married. But just as we are there, somebody's moving away. If somebody has lost somebody, yeah, you know, we we are there right. to mourn, to be joyful, to be grateful, to to be happy. We are there, yeah. And, and that does not get established if there is no culture, and if there is no taught teaching of sound doctrine, mm. there is no teaching by the leadership. Mm. So, in a, just a trickle effect that just continues to come down on us for not teaching the truth or not hearing the truth, yeah, in that form. Thousand percent, and I, I, I think that's whenever you're in a healthy mindset of the church, asking for help becomes not easier because it, it is hard to ask for help sometimes, but it, you understand like it is necessary. Yeah, necessary. and I think that's the that's the component of it because that I don't want like. 
you know, neither of us want people to think like, oh, yeah, it's easy. It's not easy, but it is necessary. And I think that's the 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 light or the, the place you land on. It is a necessary thing for me to be at church. It yeah. is a necessary thing for me to ask for prayer. It is a necessary thing for me to be walking with these brothers or sisters or and sisters, I should say, not or sisters. It is necessary for me to do this. And that creates a, a very healthy mindset. And it, 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 it drives you away from the thought process of, well, the church can, what can the church do for me? What has the church done for me? And it, it's kind of like the JFK. That's not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Yeah. And that's the whole... F- for the for the <laughs> church like you know don't ask what your church can do for you only because your church can do for your church but ask what you can do for your church as well it's a marriage yeah. your church will be there and your church will will help you and your church will guide you and your church will pray for you but what can you do for your church what can you do for them what can how can you pray for them how can you serve them and when those two things are put together you are in a beautiful place of vibrant church growth because you realize wow the lord is like bless me with these people just just like just like the military when you have your squads your platoons these dudes are all just going in there for the same reason to protect each other yeah help each other out and, and it's the same thing right you guys are going into battle together and mm-hmm. you know each of you are gonna fight alone but you guys are gonna fight you know together in the same place at the same basically the same battle yeah you know, but you're all fighting together yeah under the same God yeah that's true so, I think that's it. I think we did cover it. Yeah, I we think, did. yeah. I, I spoke more than I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly thought that you were just going to, like, leave the little thing. No, this is good. This is a good conversation. Um, probably the most I've talked about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll definitely keep recording stuff like this and, and send us, like, whatever topic you guys would want us to hit. But, um... Yeah, church attendance is very important, but it doesn't make you a Christian, and it doesn't mean your life will change. But it is very important. So keep going to church. Support your local church this this Sunday. Go to it. Be part of it. Join it. Grow in it. And if you don't understand what the gospel is and you don't know how to be saved and you're like, am I saved? Walk up to your pastor and ask him. Hey, how can I be saved? And if he gives you a weird answer, then reach out to us on the Arizona podcast and uh, we'll help you find a church. One close to you, one in your language, one that preaches the gospel. Um, but because uh, that's that's super important. So, yeah. David, good to see you. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll definitely revamp this and. And, and keep doing it. Look forward to, to having more of these conversations. To everybody else, it was a podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time.